Hello, Conscious Enterprisers. This is Roxana Rafetja, the founder of Conscious Enterprises, and welcome to Conversations with Conscious Enterprises. I am so thrilled to share this very first in series with you with Karan Rai, who's someone who I've known through a few mutual friends for a very long time. And it has been such a pleasure to watch him rise to the top of everything he does. With an astounding reputation in the finance industry for building and transforming companies, Karan's newest business venture is one that really breaks every mold. The financial industry, as most of you probably already know, does not have the best reputation for being immersed in wellness, mindfulness, nor self-awareness, particularly in New York City which is why it's been so incredibly awe-inspiring for me to hear about the fundamentals upon which Asgard Partners is being built. I won't spoil his amazing story, but in 2015, Karan suffered a massive pi panic attack while piloting his personal airplane. So this conversation is about how this experience changed his perspective on life, the importance of holding yourself accountable, and his approach to integrating these principles into his business. I'm so excited to share this interview with you as the first in series for Conversations with Conscious Enterprises. Please subscribe. Please follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, and we're on Facebook. And you can always find us at www.conscious.enterprises. And have become very passionate about, you know, as someone who considered, I've just always been very entrepreneurial and very interested in business and business leaders. And I feel like it's people like you and my husband and, you know, these like real, you know, forces for business in the world that are going to show people kind of the other side to life, you know. Most people aren't ready for it. Yeah, that's why you kind of have to, that's why I would, I, I'm not sure yeah. I'm going to talk about this experience to people yeah. on my website or anything like that, but I am very much going to make it, make meditation, you know, the forefront of yeah. kind of like the lifestyle, showing that as the lifestyle of these business leaders and what happens to you with it, whether it brings you calm, whether it brings you X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, you know, that's kind of up to yeah. you, but yeah. No, that's... Uh so what you what you're describing? So my mom is Buddhist, right? And right. I grew up in a. My father was a. He's 27 years in the services, 22 of those in special forces. So like I grew up in. I grew up my father's son for I would say the first. You know, I'm 40 now for the first probably 37 years of my life where it was. Yeah. You, know, you just will shit to happen, like you know. Yeah. Like when I put my mind to it, if I was single. I was you know I was. You know, an idiot just chasing women. I was like, yeah. I didn't have anyone I want. It was mm -hmm. a job. I so it was just, but it was all me doing it, right? Right. And, and there was just this, um, there was this rawness about that energy. You know, it's purely just this, just masculine energy. Yes. Right. It was, it was the energy of a doer, of a, of a, you know, somebody who's creating on this plane. Right. And um, you leave a lot of carnage in your wake when you when you come from that place because. Yeah. You, you're literally just saying, I don't care, you know, this, is, this is not the words I would have used, um, I don't care what the universe is conspiring to do, like, you know, I am the captain of my own fucking ship and I will right. do what the fuck ever it takes. And, you, you know, it just takes a lot of energy unless you're completely aligned. But you still just do it, and when you do it, when you get the thing, you realize that, you know, it's not worth it. Right. Right? And, and, and look, at the, look at the carnage you've left in your wake, and... 
you know, the older I get, you know, and I'll share with you off the record, kind of, you know, what, what got me where I was. Yeah. It's what I've come to realize is that this is so unnecessary. Like I am so much more effective now. Yeah. Uh, because I found that balance where I'm plugging into the flow of life, right? right. And and now my identity is tied to my identity used to be of this just fucking warrior. Yeah. Right. Which was like I will go to battle. Yeah. So there was just this natural resistance built into it. If it wasn't worth fighting for, it wasn't worth having. Yeah. And for me, the switch has gone from that, you know, me being a warrior to me being a mystic, which is cool. everything that shows up in my life effortlessly exactly when I want it and I never yes. have to struggle for it. It's amazing, right? Right. I, it's, I just got goosebumps when I, when I, when I said <laughs> that to you, but it's... Yeah. It, that's, that's a different way to exist, and I think what's lost on most people it's like this is not reality this is all illusion like all yes. this is illusion right this is a projection of the level of consciousness that you happen to have reached at this point in time that's all yeah. it is right so people just go fix stuff out here all the time right and, and that's like fixing the projectors if I had a projector and you're afraid of snakes and there's a screen and it's showing snakes and you're freaking out and <laughs> I get up and I, you know with the knife I carve out the snakes from the screen like yeah. they show up on the wall you know yeah. I think Everybody in our own, in the Western society is so focused on tips and techniques and what can I do, what behavioral things, what psychological things. Right. Those are all things, that you, you, those are the effects. Yeah. Like no one gets the cause. The cause is what is getting you to make that projection out because literally you are projecting your reality. Exactly. You know, I ask people a simple question, you know, as part of my spiritual practice was, you know, um, where do you, do you, you see me right now, right? Where, where am I? We're in a we work. Okay, where, where, where am I, like, where do you see me? Point to where you see me. Right there. Okay, yeah. well you don't. Yeah. Right, it's just, a, no, but that's, like, that's the whole, you know, say you see this, you, you've never seen anything out here. Yeah. Because what happens, you see this, this is vibration, it's light vibration, goes through your retinas, gets flipped around, goes mm-hmm. through your basal ganglia, and then your optic nerve reverses that image, and you see it in the back of your head. Right. So your entire world, your entire existence, is a projection. Yeah. It's always been just inside of you. Because <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they cut that basal ganglia cord, yeah. it doesn't matter what the input is from this reader, mm-hmm. you can't process and you'll see nothing. Yeah. So you've never seen me out here. You've never seen anything out here. Yeah. The only thing, the only place you've ever experienced any visual or any uh, sensual, you know, kinesthetic, yeah. uh, uh, or any uh, vibratory sounds has been inside of you. This entire universe is inside of you. Right? So that's a great way to put it. Yeah, it, it literally, it, you've literally never experienced anything because these yeah. are all just these are very gross instruments, right? That are trying to measure just very fine energies. Yeah. Right, and so it's not as if like before the microscope was invented, it's not as if the microscopic um, organisms didn't weren't there. Right. They just couldn't be discovered because right. you have a very very gross mechanism to measure something very fine. And I always say like our five senses are totally arbitrary. Like if you think of the scale of the universe and what's going on, it's like they're well, totally arbitrary. Yeah. Exactly. You can't hear this all like, Yeah. You, know, you can't see the radio signals. But like that for most people is an intellectual concept. It hasn't right. become a like where they start living from that place where you realize that to the extent you can see it in the physical world that is not generative, that is descriptive. Right. That's stuff that's already happened. Your present moment has nothing to teach you. Yeah. It's a projection of the past. So whatever it is that you're choosing to create, right, that's gonna originate from in here. It hasn't yeah. happened yet. And you're taking something from the unmanifest and you're bringing it into the manifest. Totally. Right? Like that's that's yeah. what you were created to do. So, you know, how do you translate that into business? Right? Yeah. And so like that's when it becomes uh, 
uh, that's super interesting. Because, <laughs> it is. Because, because then you have to find, because again, you know, whether you call it like, and if you go academic for a moment, you say, okay, you know, it's almost equivalent to like Maslow's hierarchy needs, mm -hmm. or the, the, there's, there's plenty of, you know, teachers who come talk about the different levels of consciousness. Yeah. And every level is linked to the level before, and you can't transcend from one level to the other without going through the levels, right? Right. So if you're sitting up here and you've had an experience that you have, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure what, kind of what, yeah. what I went through, but and, and you get to that place, and all of a sudden, you're like, you can see why people can't relate to you, right? right? But it's like you, you, it's incumbent upon you to find that, like, what steps do I need to take to get to a place where we will get the message that I'm trying to, yeah, and, and, and it's what a challenge, and, and what yeah. is my message, right? So yeah. I think that in business, by definition, where I think if you truly believe everything is energy, which I do unequivocally, yeah, you know, if you go back to the Vedantas and the Vedas. Um, you know, a, you know. From abundance, he took abundance, and abundance remained. Yeah. Right. And 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 everything. This is the stuff that the uh, scientific minds and, and quantum theory and quantum mechanics are now just being able to prove out using you know multi-billion-dollar devices like the Hydron Collider and telling that the Higgs boson particle actually exists. Yeah. Which proves that all of this is vibratory and. There is no such thing as matter. Energy converts to matter. Right. Right. And that's that's what we've been trying to prove out for so long. Right. You go back to 10,000, 5,000 years and look at the Vedas and the Vedantas of the and, and, and the Upanishads. These the holy books. Yeah, they they were all plugged in already. They all knew. It's crazy. Yeah. They, they they started from the place of the vibration, energy. Yeah. Right. Sound creates. Right. Right. And 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 you know. I'm not religious, I'm, I'm spiritual, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not religious, Same. but I, I read a lot of religious texts because yeah. they all contain morsels of the truth they that, have, that have not yeah. been dogmatized yet, mm -hmm. right? So when people talk about, you know, um, uh, you know, he said, let there be light. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Life, right? There's a common thread of all, like if you were to read, you know, the Bible to the Bhagavad Gita to the, you know, there's a common thread and that kind of, I feel like, is the universal truth for sure. It's just the dogmatized part that is just, you yeah, know, no, they, they, it's they, human. There are, you know? there are way more similarities, there are differences in yeah. over a period of time. People who haven't been, I don't want to use the term enlightened, but haven't been present enough to the truth to start, you know, the egoic mind yeah. makes a translation, yeah. and then it gets into scripture, and then it gets passed on, and the next egoic right. mind. Right, so the simplicity of the truth that came from just being present gets yeah. lost because the people translating are not always where they need to be translated. Yeah. Right, so I can say the same thing, which means different to you. This conversation totally. I can't have with probably 95% of the people that I speak with. Right, right? Well, I certainly can't have this with probably 99% of the people in business. Of course, right? yeah. And so, um, so very briefly, so... Yeah, I want to hear your story. I mean, it, it's... I... Um, it was... November 23rd or 24th, it was Thanksgiving two years ago. Okay. So two years and a few months ago, so Thanksgiving of 2015. Oh, weird. It's like about uh, the same time I had my 2016, 2017, yeah, so it was Thanksgiving of 2015. Interesting, okay. Um, it was actually the, the last time, the crazy night when we all hung out. Oh, when you did you guys come to our yes. party? That was like around at, Christmas. At the, yes, at the, uh, at the Caledonia. At the Caledonia. Yes. So literally, right before that happened, like two days before that, yeah, three days before that, I was flying. So I had my little airplane. Yeah. Right, so and I was flying my airplane from Virginia to uh, Westport, Connecticut, to see my sister. We were going to do Thanksgiving with my sister. Yeah. So I land in uh, New Haven, typically, and then mm -hmm. you know, my things will pick me up. It's a shitty day. 
Um, it was really bad weather. I was flying on instruments, yeah. right? And I was the only one in the airplane. And uh, mind you, uh, I take pride in my, my, my you know, aviation abilities. <laughs> right? I, I fancy myself a, a, yeah. a real aviator, right? Like yeah. I, I love it. And so, um, for me, flying an airplane is like driving a car. Okay. So, you know, the, 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 there's no, you just get more focused mm -hmm. because, like, you realize, like, you know, I got to be more focused. There's no horizon. I got to watch my instruments. Weather's yeah. bad. I got to mind all that stuff. But I didn't. I just had this uneasy feeling for about four or five months, where like something just wasn't right, and I didn't know what it was. And it wasn't yeah. a physical thing. It was just like I just had this uneasy feeling, and and it should have been the best time in my life. Why? Yeah. Because. You know, I mean, prior to that, I had a really successful career uh, at J.P. Morgan. Like, I left there, right. and I was running a couple billion dollar company. Right. Right. And we had turned it around. I was a president of that business. I was a CEO yeah. of another company. Right. I'm living on the ocean. I have my airplane. I have my beautiful wife. Yeah. I have my, I mean, a baby boy who was born in you know uh, September who's right. just super healthy and, and like literally everything that people tell you you should have in your life that should make you happy. My parents are still alive. My sister's in a good place. Like, right. you name it. You had it all. I had, yeah. like, just literally I had everything I needed to have, and I just was so, so empty. Yeah. And I just didn't know why, because yeah. I'd been chasing, chasing, chasing. Such I, a common, such I, a common issue. I had never taken the time to figure out that what, what was it that I was chasing, right? Right. And for me, it was just more of, like, this. Right. You just got to do something or got to make something of yourself. And I started getting these little signs, almost. And when I say signs, it just is... You know, the truth, the wisdom, it whispers to you. It doesn't yell at you. Right. Right? And so this is why meditation and being present is, is, is so important because I believe that one of the most important faculties you possess as a human being is intuition. Right. By far. I right? definitely agree. It's, yeah. it's, um, you know, that, that, it, that's a real quality. And intuition requires you to be present because, again, intuition, it's, it's, it's like a lover's whisper, right? Like, it's just very gentle, <laughs> yeah. you know? And if you're not present, you'll miss it and be like, well, what was that? I thought I heard something. So right. it's about three or four months ongoing, and I'm just like, well, I'm just like, something's just not right. Yeah. I was kind of like mildly depressed. Oh, wow. You yeah. know, I'm like, what's going on here? And yeah. I can't figure it out because I'm not. You're like, I got it all. Why am like, I feeling like I, this? And I don't yeah. get depressed. I'm like, I'm, yeah. you know me a long time. I'm yeah, like, you're energy, right? Yeah, I'm, you I, are. I, I like to just live life and yeah. just go after it. And But I kept putting it away. So this flight, it was a combination of just not listening to your whispers. So mm -hmm. the truth, when you're ready to receive it, it'll find itself to you. Right. Right. And if you're not ready to listen to the whispers, it'll get a little louder, a little yeah. louder. Eventually, it'll smack you on the head with a brick <laughs> and say, hey, dummy, you're not paying attention to the signs. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. Shit's totally. not working. Yeah. So that was my event. I'm flying. And all of a sudden, I go to take a breath. And <sighs> And I can't breathe. Oh my god! And I'm like, no idea what's happening. And I, another breath, and I can't breathe. Oh my god! And all of a sudden, my right arm starts right arm starts tingling, and my left arm starts tingling, <gasps> and then my legs start tingling. And all of a sudden, I start getting. Um, it was almost like a spasm okay. like in, my, in my chest. Oh my god! Right? And I go to take another breath, and I'm like, <laughs> Oh my god! That's and so all of a sudden, scary. I starts getting blurry. And mind you, I'm. Flying an airplane. And you're the only one in the plane. I'm, 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 the, only, I'm, I'm the pilot, right? She's and, and I'm like, wow, what just? Yeah. Like, what, and, and and then I go take another breath, and then I start freaking out. I'm like, yeah. Shit. Okay, so then I get on the get on the uh, the mic with ATC, and I don't declare an emergency, but I'm like, ah, I need to divert close yeah. to the airport. So I was flying to New Haven, I diverted to Bridgeport, Connecticut, which was you know like five minutes from where I was okay. on the map. 
and I was losing consciousness almost. Oh my god. And I barely got the air, airplane on the ground <laughs> and can't breathe. It literally jumped out, like rolled out of the airplane. I'm on, like laying on the tarmac when that pulled Holy the plane Holy shit. And I can't breathe. Crazy. End up in the hospital. Uh, my sister's a physician, you know, her and my brother-in-law, they take me, take me yeah. to the hospital. I like to stay for, you know, observation overnight. And the physician's wow. telling me, they're like, well, you had a really big anxiety attack. Really? And I was like, I've, I've never had one. I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah. But this, you know, but I was like, well, I don't get That's anxious. like a really intense anxiety attack if you felt like you are losing consciousness. Yeah, so it was, and I, I think I'm sure part of that was panic. Part yeah, of that yeah. was off it. And so they ran some tests, and they, you know, they kind of came back to, well, you just, there's, there's more flight or fight or flight, um, uh, you know, I mean, you just, you just release a lot of cortisol in your body, like, yeah. you could have had a stroke, like, they, oh you, my you could God. just kind of imbalance chemical imbalance in your body. Right. So they kept me there for a day and a half. Jesus. And um, so I'm sitting there, you know, and and that's when I had that moment. I'm like, what went wrong? 38 years old, I was 30, 37, 38. Yeah. Um, I just turned 38, my birthday was in October. Like, what went wrong? Right. How, how, am I, how am I here? Um, and it was the first time I think I just taken a moment to kind of self-reflect to say, just really kind of have this, you know, when, you, when you're chasing so many things and you finally realize the one thing you really need is a breath. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, so when, you, when you don't get that next breath, yeah. you're like, well, how do I, what? Now what? Yeah. Right? So finally when I started breathing, I was just so thankful to have my breath back. And they had me all kinds of juiced up, right? Right. And just to be able to take a deep breath and actually, you know, flush my system with oxygen. Yeah. When I finally was able to take that, it was like the following day. Yeah. I was in hyperventilated breathing for like a long time. And they Holy had me all shit. And that to me was the moment when I had like a, probably the first time where I really appreciated like what taking a breath was like, you know, like <laughs> I, I could literally be like yeah oh, man like that feels so amazing really so it's like the first time in your life that you were actually yeah. present in the moment right oh absolutely that's amazing and and um that kind of started for me well, unfortunately what happened is so the way that the physicians describe is if you if you can live your life in a high stress environment, which most of us do, right? right. I definitely was doing. New York City, yeah. And and, and you know you continually put yourself in stress environments that have outside stressors, and you don't have some kind of a psychological practice, right? right. To to deal with it. What ends up right. happening? Some people just they just have a natural purge, right? They'll just they'll have highs and lows, and they'll right. freak out like I just it's all going in. Like I'm I'm the man of steel. You're closing like, it all up. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't face me. I don't get anxiety. Yeah. So what happens is your body apparently can get in a position where it realizes the release because it's right. a pressure cooker. So the release becomes a, um, any kind of a trigger can be the release for it to turn into an anxiety attack and that's when your body's kind of like, shh. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. And so because you can't actively control it, so your body just times it for you and it releases it's it. It's like, fuck off, here and, it is, and, yeah. And then you, should, then you shut down. And then if you don't fix that, that's when it turns into an anxiety disorder. Oh. Where your body thinks the normal way for it to purge Right. Is to just kind of shut you down because you don't right. have practice. So, so then I started having panic attacks almost every day. No. For about a oh month. Oh my god. I got, I got put on some uh, like heavy duty meds. That's crazy. And um, like that, like that intensity of like. No, it, was, it wasn't okay. quite that intense. Yeah. But it was just like, I got anxiety. Like, like no, no, I've no, always it, had. But a it was it was anxiety, bad. Like it was where I would be wow. in an elevator and I would freak out. Whoa. Right. Or I would. Uh, 
perfect example. I was flying um, from, it's like, you know, not in my airplane. Um, I couldn't get in my, I didn't fly my airplane, I couldn't get in my airplane yeah. and, and, and close the hatch oh my without God. Just, just freaking out. Just massive anxiety, right? Like not can't breathe. Yeah. And then it turned into in closed spaces, like elevators. Wow, it so you were getting claustrophobia. Yeah, it was like it was claustrophobia. Yeah. Or, you know, I would just be sometimes just be sitting in uh, uh, in my office and I would think about something and I would be like, <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? So wow. anyway, they put me on the medication. It just totally numbed me. Yeah. Right. It gave me the whole like. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Right? And, and At I least did that. Term, yeah. Well, no, I so, and that was the first time. I remember I was sitting. I'll never forget this day. This is like, it was a Sunday. Um, it was in like, yeah. January, like mid-January, and you know we spent some time with the family for Christmas. I was still yeah. kind of figuring my stuff out. Like you just yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like sitting there and I'm looking out at the ocean and it's just me in the house and I have this thought and I'm like, I can see how people kill themselves. You know, and the Come minute the, the minute that thought that thought arrived. Oh my god. I was but I was so present at that moment, the minute that thought just arose. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, did I just think that? Whoa, like, yeah. I was like, Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah. Right, and I was like, I don't Remember, look, I just taken some of those uh, the medications, so I just threw that shit in the garbage. Thank and, God. And I was like, this is, you know, this doesn't work. And so then I decided to kind of, you know, like, all right, this is a much, this is something that I need to solve, not to right. about the symptoms. Right. And that kind of began my journey of just really getting into deep meditation, trying yeah. to figure out, you know, all of these esoteric, like, what did the really wise, right. ancient traditions know? And just, you know, getting very deep into, uh, uh, you know, Pick it right. It's, <laughs> you, you, there's so many different practices, but, right. but uh, for me, a lot of it was kind of going into Buddhism and, and, and going into kind of the ancient um, Hindu religions. Yeah. that are all kind of similar. It's about That's, being present. Yeah. It's about you know a lot of breath work and. And they lay out meditative techniques. Yeah, very well. Yeah. Like I started doing transcendental meditation yeah. and a few others, and from from there it became so obvious. Like so you have the, you know. Uh, this is, this is an experiential thing where you finally get to the place where you're like, you know what? Like we're all connected. Yeah. Right. And 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 I'm as I'm thinking this, I'm like, oh my god, I'm turning into a tree hugger. <laughs> like, like, I know. I think the same thing about myself no, all the no, time. No, no. Like, I, I was like, having this massive because yeah. when I was in that place of just being present and realizing there's something way bigger than me. Right. Know, I, I still don't know what to call it because again, I didn't grow up religious. But right. I don't but like using the word God, but it's like there is like this universal consciousness, God, whatever you want to yeah. intelligence, right? Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. But you get to that place where I know that that for me to show up in a way where I don't have the feelings that I have, whether it's anxiety, whatever else, and that it's all of that is suffering. Right. Right. It's right. different forms of suffering, and so. As I started some of these practices, I realized that I could go days without suffering, not just anxiety, yeah. but I would just be in place. Yeah. Where, you know, where, and, and eventually got to the point where, you know, I started making a practice that that peace of mind and that joy in my life was my absolute non negotiable. Right. Right? That, that I would not let, like, I started asking myself this question, you know, how cheap is my happiness? Yeah. Right? Like, what currency am I willing to trade it for because somebody said something? Yeah. Because something didn't show up the way I wanted to? That's because a great the deal didn't yeah, happen in business? Yeah. Or because I got an argument and I was like, so I control that. So when right. I wake up in the morning, my biggest thing is, okay, well, how do I live this day from, yeah. a, you know, from a practice perspective that gives me the best chance right. to show up? And then that turned into, you know, just you know, more of like a you know, version.
virtuous way to live. It sounds kind of a you know real old school to say. <laughs> no, but, but, but it's but true. It, it is so. You start seeing the value in those things now. Yeah, yeah. and and you know that was the first time I sat down and when I was going to practice and I was yeah. like I really said hey, here's what I want to like who do I want to when I grow up not the things that right. I want to have and I realized and one of my mentors gave me this piece of advice which I think is just so relevant for people um, in our professions. Yeah, and he said. Um, Try to think of one time in your entire life when you were thinking about serving somebody else mm-hmm. when you felt anything but joy. Anything but joy. Yeah, yeah when you're serving someone else. Yeah. Because like you, you can't be anxious yeah. when you're serving somebody else. You, yeah. you can't. You you can't have fear. You can't have anxiety. You can't have all of those things stem from the ego and all those things right. stem from a place where either directly or indirectly you're trying to figure out what's in it for me. Right. My, you know, no, 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 it's not. It's about my kids. My kids will behave a certain way, and I'm like, you know, anxious. They won't. No, because it's a reflection of how that makes you feel, right? Like you are internalizing their behavior, and that's right. turning you anxious. So, or what's in it? Like, if this deal doesn't happen, what does that mean for my business? Right. What's going to happen? And you know, and then you literally take that projection and you turn it into a reality, and that fear, and you follow it all the way down to how it's going to impact exactly you. Right. Yeah. And when you live in that place, you live in a place of fear, anxiety, yeah. and regret. And once you realize things. that, you realize that you can reverse it, and you can do the exact opposite, and you can make yourself like whatever you want to be too. You yeah, know? and That's so, so you know, what we and we do this here at Asgard. Like yeah. one of the things, one of the big things is, if if I can show up as the best version of me, right, right. So first, like, what does that mean, right? Yeah. So I did the work. Now I'm, I'm so proud of this, Ali. You now, like, I literally did the work to say, okay, well, I'm. This is the guy I want to become. Yeah. And get not things I want to have, yeah. right? And, and and who is that? Like, what are yeah. what are my values? Like, you know, it's it's service, it's contribution, right? It's you know, it's uh, you know, in a very kind of airy fairy way, it's unconditional love. It's yeah. like showing up in a different way. So, I I literally sat down and I created this person that I wanted to become. Yeah. Um, that when I look back, when I'm eighty or ninety, I'm looking back and saying, you know what? Like, who was this guy who lived this life? Right. Yeah. You know, so one of my heroes, if you want to call it that, has always been Marcus Aurelius. I mean, one of my favorite cool. books is, is Meditations from Marcus Aurelius. I haven't read it yet, but it's on his. Ariana Huffington also talks about it too. But it's, I mean, it's a stoic philosophy. I mean, yeah. like, here's a guy who was a, who was a king and a and a and a, and a, and a warrior and and uh, just you know very well versed in stoic philosophy and, and he lived the life of virtue. Right. Right. He created who he wanted to be for the day and then lived in congruence with that. That yeah. was the most important thing to him. So, and I was like, well, that's a beautiful way to live. Like, I never even thought of that. Like, yeah. in 38, I never thought about what it is. I knew job I wanted, the car I wanted, the plane I wanted, you know? <laughs> right. But, like, who did I want to be? And so that was, like, it, it was super fun. Yeah. To, uh, and it was like you energized, like you're reborn. Yeah, once you get into it, it is, like, it's just nonstop motivation after that because there's so much more you can always dig into, yes, and right? Then, and then, yeah. literally, you know, my happiness now comes from whether or not I'm congruent with yeah. my values and my virtues and did I live my day in them, right? That's so awesome. every, every morning yeah. I wake up, I have a very simple ritual. Yeah. Actually, speaking of this, yeah. can I jump into the questions because I'm going to ask you about that kind of stuff, yeah. too. Yeah, ask me whatever you want. Right, do you have a hard stop? Um, may I take a look? Yeah, it's 5.05. Um, how much time do you need? You tell me that. Um, usually it takes like 45 to an hour, but I can make it shorter if you need to. Um, if we're done by six, that's fine. Okay, cool. Um, so, we know when you started the business. Um, how many employees do you have? Um, we currently have eight employees uh, at the firm, and then uh, we'll probably have another 20 or so 
um, in one of the portfolio companies that we're getting very close here pretty soon. Um, how would you describe your corporate culture and how do you foster it? Um, so our corporate culture is, I don't know if I can describe it in a word, but um, the way to think about that is, here's my thesis, I'll tell you that, that's what yeah. I'm doing the business on. Yeah. If I can, if I can grow a leadership team um, that has done the work on themselves where they want to show up as the best versions themselves mm -hmm. and then empower them to just kind of live up to that and, and, and put some you know, uh, guideposts where that's an expectation. Um, all the little things, like we don't worry about, well, what's this policy and what's that, that right. policy. Um, our goal here is like, let's show up in a highly empowered way and um, I'll give you an example of you know, how that manifests itself in terms of how we do it. So yeah. in order for you to work here, the process I told you to, I'll like go and figure out what it is you want to do when you grow up. Yeah. What's the best, highest version of yourself. Yeah. You have to go do that work. You have to come back. You have to you have to have it written down. And, and we call them, those are your I am statements. Yeah. Right? This is your, your highest version. And then you declare those to your teammates. And we hold you accountable for living Very cool. into that person that you're claiming that you want to be. Very right? cool. Is it aspirational? Absolutely. But, you know, we hold people accountable to show up as... as it's not an edict or a mandate that you yeah. know that it's not Quran's way. Right. You go do your work, whatever it is that you think of, this is the highest version of me. Yeah. That's the guy I want to see show up at work. That's the guy I want interacting with his teammates. That's the guy I want interacting with clients. That's the guy I want interacting with investors. Because that is who you are being right. versus what you are doing. Right. And and this is it's the inside out revolu you know, uh, revolution. It's, it's literally an inside out yeah. revolution. So we literally work on let's fix what's going on inside because the actions that will flow through you, from you, when you're being, as a distinction yeah. of being a certain kind of person, yeah. are just going to be, you know, I, there's a different feel, texture, taste, smell to those <laughs> actions. Yeah. Like they show up in this yeah. universe in a different way. And when you say you're fixing from the inside out, are you saying that the I am statements are what causes this kind of ripple effect of fixing it when you're declaring it to yourself? Is that how you view as fixing from the inside out? Yeah, I mean, people talk about like affirmations as yeah. for a long time, but I think, I, think, I think sometimes they can get a little trite yeah. because people just want to, you know, they, you can't just plaster more stuff on, right? right. I mean, finding yourself is about taking off the armor. Mm -hmm. It's about removing more stuff till you get to your core. Right. right. A lot of the times in our society and self-help or whatever you want to think about, right, that's more about like putting more stuff on. Right. Right. Like if you get this more this skill and then you buy this thing and you develop this you know ability yeah and there's, there's, there's a time and a place for skills and abilities right. to you know, participate here but my view is our view is that it's more about to shed all of the stuff that you've accumulated over a period of time to get to the core essence of who you are right and then show up in your meetings in your work in your interactions as that authentic being Great because that's that's just uh, that's it's a game changer yeah it's, I uh, totally agree it's a complete yeah. game changer um, I love that on your website you have um, your letter uh, from the founder. It's like, I think it's so well put. Um, um, and one of the lines I think in there you say, we're financiers that think like entrepreneurs. Um, what makes this so? Like what makes you entrepreneurial and what do you think sets you apart from other financial firms? Uh, where do I begin? Uh, so, you know, Pick like three things. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what, what makes us entrepreneurs? I mean, that's pretty simple. I think, yeah. every, you know, everybody who kind of came in to start this firm, uh, you know, they're all highly successful people. And I, I, I'll say that flippantly. You know, these are folks who've had, you know, big careers at big institutions, you know, uh, whether it was 
investment management or you know whether it was investment banking or whether it was you know being turned around companies CEOs of big companies so these are highly accomplished folks who all quit what they were doing that was safe to take a big risk to come start this platform I mean, to me yeah. that's that's the that's literally the essence of entrepreneurship yeah. it's easy to be entrepreneur when you have no other options yeah right and you're like shit no one's gonna hire me I'm about to right. figure something else but when you literally have every option that's out there for you right and you make an active choice and instead of taking that path what I want to do is create something that doesn't exist that I think needs to exist and I want to do with like-minded people cool. right and so it's the willingness to go backwards before you go forwards even yeah. though you don't have to yeah to right? Do it right yeah and so so that by definition for me is is, is you know why uh, our firm is very entrepreneurial yeah and and what makes us different is you know our, our number one ethos is uh, you know, and this is still new to some people, I just don't understand why, is <laughs> we believe that business is just a powerful platform yes. to have a massive change in the world. Like you say, yes. business is a powerful platform to change that the world. That was the number better. one thing that I loved on, on your, uh, your, was it 10 okay. founding truths? Yeah, and so yeah. so that is, you know, you, you, like that's, yeah, you know what, if you want to think of us drinking Kool-Aid, then I need you to drink that Kool-Aid, because it's tasty, right. it's really <laughs> delicious. And what do you think, um, what do you think, like so, when you say business is a powerful platform for changing the it's for to change the world for the better, yeah. how is Asgard doing? How is Asgard changing the world for the better? Is it the well, people? Is it like what is it, your it's outlook? All of it. so, yeah, yeah. So it's, I think I think it all starts with intention. I think intention right. is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Right. I mean, there literally is. You know, without getting all metaphysical on you, um, but I, I just have I, I believe, and again, this is not you know something that uh, is experiential, right? So mm -hmm. for. I think the way you show up and how you show up and your why behind why you do what you do, it's almost like, you know, when, when somebody just cooks you something with a lot of love, you can almost taste it. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? And so to me, like the intention behind your actions, yeah. just literally, it, in, in my way of thinking, it, it purifies those actions and, and those actions have a lot more power. So intentionality makes us meaningfully different. We're not a nonprofit. We're a for-profit business yes. you know, for all intents and purposes. But we do not engage with a client unless we think there's a values match. And one of the questions we ask all our clients, whether that's a private equity business that we're looking to buy and we want to make sure that, you know, or if it's a client on the advisory side that will engage to assist in whatever capital yeah. is, is tell us why your company needs to exist besides making a profit. Right. That's a great question, yeah. And, and, and if you can't articulate that, that means you haven't thought through it. So yeah. and, and if that's a question, we're like, why are you asking me that? That's, that to us is the first sign. Yeah. That's probably not going to be a good match. There's a lot of companies out there, and our goal is to take a level of sophistication that really has not been made accessible to some of the smaller companies, to you know some of the earlier stage companies who can't go have access to J.P. Morgan's of the world, yeah. or you know uh, Merrill's of the world, uh, but but they deserve you know the same caliber um, service, of, yeah. of service and and uh, intellectual ability, helping them think through their business issues, and so for us it's not about the size, it's about the intention of the business. Cool. And I think that's that's pretty unique to what we do. Very cool. Um, I mean, you've obviously you've been the CEO of multiple companies. You've been a president of, of a prominent financial firm. What do you consider to be your biggest career achievement? Oh, yet to be defined. I think my bigger yeah. career achievement will be ten years from now, um, when people are talking about how Asgard changed what it meant to, you know, our. Let me take a step back. The reason this firm exists is, yeah. is what well, we are literally we're, we're doing an experiment. Yeah. We we, we have a we have, we have a hypothesis we want to prove out, and our hypothesis is if you if you truly 
show up and you take a view that business ought to be a platform to do good in the world. And, and inside of that thesis is that my only goal and my leadership team's goal is to really empower each person that's in any of the businesses that we're in yeah. to show up as the highest version of themselves. That to me is, is the most sound business strategy right? right. That, that you could ever have. And um, our goal is to say, hey, let's see what, if we just show up with that, what can that build in 10 years? Cool. Right? And, and if it could, wouldn't it be cool if you could change the dialogue? Because typically what happens is, uh, and I say this kind of flippantly, like tree huggers are tree huggers and Wall Street guys are Wall Street guys. Yeah. Right? And so what I want to do is bring legitimacy to a conversation where it's like, did it. You know, I was top yeah. of my class at JP. I turned around two companies. We yeah. launched a private equity firm. And oh, by the way, here's what we believe. Because that conversation is awesome. not happening. Yes. Right? So bringing that level of legitimacy that, you know what? If you start with purpose, profits will follow. Yes. And it's an incredibly powerful way to do good in the world and, and be profitable. Yes. And, and those and profits are magnified, not just by money that way, too. Yeah. yeah and then you know, there's, there's, also, there's also juice in your actions. I mean, there's yeah. juice in your life. And you, you're not chasing something that, you know, at the end of the 10 years, maybe I'll get this thing and it'll be cool. Right. Like every day you show, I literally, I show up every day. I absolutely love what I do. I love who I do with. I love the clients we have. Yeah. Right. So for me, it's it's as much about the, the daily steps as you know, cliche like it's about the journey. It's about the journey. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we'll see. We'll we'll see what uh, you know what this turns into. But so far, so good. Cool. Um, what failure or mistake, um, or what's your biggest failure or mistake that turned out to be more of a learning or growing? Um, experience in retrospect but at the time you're like oh my god everything's over the first 37 years of my life <laughs> that's, that's no i mean like listen you you are possible. always right you you yeah. are always in a state of and i'm, I'm only kind of half joking but um you're a product of your experiences right I, I fundamentally believe that you know the obstacle is the way you know right. obstacles aren't there for you to kind of go around the obstacles like it's not life and by the way you have some obstacles the obstacle is the way, and you you have experiences in life, and they they, they, they forge you, and they and they mold you, and you know you have you do have free will. You can choose to be at the cause of it or or at the effect of it, but if you get to a place where you choose to be at the cause of it, everything in life is something to teach you. Yeah. Right. And I feel like if I hadn't had the experiences I had for the first thirty-seven years of my life, I probably wouldn't have gotten to the place where I had yeah. that you know event where um, you know in, in the airplane that got me to go down this journey yeah. that got me here. And I think given that my life today is so different, and yeah. I'm not good about it, and this is not, you know, I'm not on some high horse telling people what to do, what not to do, just right. for me. Uh, the way I show up in the world, uh, just a level of pride I have in who I am becoming as a human being. Yeah. It's, it's so, so much deeper than it ever was. And that would have never happened had I not ended up in the hospital and, you know, thought about, you know, why the hell am I even here? Yeah, that was a major catalyst. So, yeah, so I would say, you know, the first 37 years of life all the... Uh, <laughs> All the big experience. mistakes that brought yeah, here. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> nice. Um, I was going to ask why you consider yourself a conscious enterprise, but that's clearly stated in your 10, uh, ten founding principles. Um, do you feel that when you started um, the idea for Asgard, would it have benefited you in any way to have left out your commitment to a higher purpose in growing this business? Like, would it have been easier? Would it have been monetarily easy, you know, uh, smoother? No. It's yeah. so this is such Funny, an everyone this, says no. That is such an interesting question. So we have all these fears that are our projections that yeah. you know because 
there's things that we want, right? And I'm not talking materially, spiritually, like when we're when we're in that place, we're being really romantic about our life and yeah. how we want to show up, and we have this, and it just feels so good to think about, you know, like this is how I'm going to show up. Yeah. And then ten minutes later, that moment passes, and you're kind of sitting there eating Cheetos, watching TV, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, that was kind of like that was cool, but like that's that's not real. <laughs> and and what I'm learning is in my older age, as I get wiser, <laughs> is those moments when you have those those highly inspired visions of yourself, that is the truth. Right. And everything else, the moments when you dull yourself and to bring them back to reality, right? That's that's the hypnosis that society wants us to live in. That's right. not the truth, right? And so once you make that distinction, it is a clear distinction, that when I have those highly inspired moments, like that is my truth. That's right. what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And and, and and that is an inspired way of living. So let me give you the perfect example. So when I first started thinking about Asgard, and I was like, here's what I want to do. Like, I love business. I'm really good at it. I love turning companies around. I love, you know, putting deals together. Yeah. You know, I'm not a singer. I'm not a dancer. I'm not an author. <laughs> like, what's my platform? My platform's right. business. Right. Right. And I was like, okay, well, how do I translate this into some kind of a spiritual enterprise and a commercial enterprise? Yeah. And right away, and I was like, you've lost it. You know, I was like, dude, you've gone like full hippie, like, you know. Yeah. And so I would have these moments where I was journaling, I journal a lot, and you know, like all these crazy ideas, crazy ideas popping up. Wouldn't it be cool if we started a financial, uh, financial services firm in the middle of New York where the intention was service, contribution, helping entrepreneurs take them to the next level, hiring some of the smartest people in the industry, and you know, really my role was to empower them into becoming the best version of themselves, and like all these things, like, yeah. wouldn't it be cool? And I would get so excited about it, right? And I would leave that journal and I would go, you know, for a run or a walk or spend some time or go right. to work and I'd come back and I would read it when I was not in an inspired state. And it would be like, oh, what a dream. Like, you know. Really? Because it was like, oh, like, that, that can't happen. Yeah, that's like, just crazy. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. People, like, and, and, and this is where your ego comes in because like, people are going to think you're nuts. You've lost it. Yeah. Like, you're a respectable guy. Right. You worked at JP Morgan. You right. You were an investment bank. Like, this is like cuckoo shit. What are you, what are you <laughs> yeah. doing? Right? And so, and you realize yeah. that, and that's when you like kind of pull back. I leaned into it. Awesome. Right? I yeah. leaned into it because I knew that doing what I kept doing was what got me to the place where I was popping pills. Right. Right? In order to just get through the day so I wouldn't have an anxiety attack. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, that doesn't work. Right. So in a weird way, that option was no longer there for me. Right. right? So I can, I can take You're the like, claim. what do I have to lose? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I can claim to be courageous, but for me, right. it was just a, the very natural next action was, well, that path is not working. Right. So I got to try this. If this one doesn't work, then I'll pick which one of those two sucky paths I want to go down. <laughs> right. Because right? right now, but I was like, I just have to do something different. So, yeah. so whatever the reason was, I leaned into it. Here's what I found. All of us, unequivocally, if you're a human being, even if you're a sociopath probably, but definitely if, you, if, you're, <laughs> if you're a highly functioning human being, yeah. right, when no one's around, you will have these moments of inspiration. You just haven't been given the legitimacy to kind of really think that it's okay for you to for, for that to be your reality. Yeah. But when some other highly inspired dreamer shows up with a plan, yeah, and it speaks to you, and, and you gotta get the sense it's a little bit of validation that oh I'm not totally crazy. <laughs> the perfect example is one of the first people that uh, joined the joined the firm is one of our common mutual friends, Robert. Right. Um, and so I had this whole idea of this, you know, what I wanted to do, and I called Robert up. He's one of my closest friends, and he was in Bermuda at the time, and he was kind of figuring out what his next steps were. I was like, Robert's probably crazy, but I was like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'd love for you to come do this with me. And I'm thinking, you know, like, we don't have any funding. see people have all jobs. I'm going right. to quit my job because I'm just in a different place. So people might be. And I walk him through my vision of what this is I want to create. Yeah. 
and literally it took, I want to say 15 or 20 minutes or maybe a half hour of me just, I call it passioning all over himself, <laughs> right? I was like, wouldn't it be cool if you could do this and have an impact? And, yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, we'll make money and, you know, like that'll be a byproduct, but like, how, think about how proud you would be of what you were doing and it's not just about you know, this, this, and like, and I'm thinking like he's going to be like, uh, he's lost it. And he's like, dude, I am so in. And That's I was like, what? amazing, yeah. And, and then it's the same conversation with Christian, one of our mutual right. friends. Like, I was like, here's what I want to do. And, you know, again, a super highly functional, you know, highly motivated, super brilliant guy. And, and he, he was just like, it was a one-time conversation. He's like, we can do that? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we can do that. He goes, I want in. <laughs> right, he came on. My, my roommate from Yale, Nick, who was yeah. a you know, big-time investment banker here in the city, you know, yeah. for a pretty prominent firm. And same conversation with him. And I was like, guys, you know. And so, like, all of us has this thing, yeah. right, in us. But it's just never been okay, at least not in the finance world, you know, to really have those conversations. Right. So that's what I mean. When so it, what you thought was not even a possibility. What, what I thought was up, so unique to yeah, me, right? right? As if, like, I was the only one. I just got to the point where I was willing to take the risk to be mocked, to be, you know, for people thinking I've lost my shit, for lack right. of a better word. But I was like, this is what I want to create because it yeah. resonates. And that resonance is the first four people, my four of my closest friends I spoke to, three of my close friends, yeah. left their jobs. Immediately. We, I had this conversation in January. By March, everybody had committed to doing this. Amazing. Right? Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, since then, we've, we've, we've hired, obviously, you know, a few people. And everybody that's come in has come in because of this mission. Yeah. Right? Like, we're on a mission. Yeah. When you come into your own alignment, people just kind of start flooding, right? It is. It's so, amazing with synchronicity. So, very long-winded answer to your question, is it hard? No. Yeah. I think this is the, this is the easiest thing I've done in kind And that's plus, amazing. it's not work because you show up. There's a lot of hard things that happen day to day. Yeah. And who knows? You know, we could be having a conversation in a year and the company couldn't exist. You know, who knows, right? <laughs> right, right. But um, as of right now, you know, we have a ton of clients. We have more clients that we know what to do with. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll probably start fundraising at the end of 2018 for the PE fund. Uh, right. where, where we've already sourced a couple of deals. Uh, we probably get, well, you know, every time we post a position, we get like a couple hundred resumes. Wow. All right. So there's just this really hunger yeah. for, for people to kind of say, well, I didn't realize that I don't have to go live in a cave in order to have, like, I can actually be in a place of work. Right. You know, that, that fosters my, you know, consciousness, my spirituality, whatever you want to call it. It's right. not like we sit around and, and do yoga all day long. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just a different way of being, and it's, I think it's really resonated with, uh, with the right people. So, so far, so good. Very cool. Um, I know you talked about in your Thrive article, um, which I'll link out from this, um, about your morning ritual and yeah. how you get prepped for your day and how that kind of sets you in alignment for everything you want to accomplish. Um, Not only what I want to accomplish, how I want to show up for the day. How you want to, yeah, who you want to be. Who I want to be, yeah. yeah. I think that, that's a distinction I'll, I'll keep bringing you back to. Cause yeah, actions, that is an important distinction. Actions yeah. flow from me naturally when I'm being a certain way. I don't have to right. be disciplined. I don't have to have willpower. Right. Like if I say... You know, I am massive contribution, and I find a way to serve others in any situation. That's one of my affirmations. Yeah. Right. When I internalize that, without me actually consciously being aware, anytime I engage in a dialogue with somebody, there's yeah. a part of me that's like, okay, how can I be of service? Right. Right. That's being. Yeah. Versus saying, okay, I'm going to do three acts of kindness, and I'm going to take them off. And I'm going to do it externally. Right. I'm going to do it externally. Right. Right. So. That makes sense. That's that's a. And um, how do you use this personal ritual of yours and infuse it through 
the company because every I, I strongly believe you know every business leader whether you're a five-person company a one-person company a sure. thousand-person company um, the beliefs and you know basically the energy I think of the business leader is infused through their well, company um, how do you I guess foster that ritual and everything you're achieving with that ritual into your um, your business um, so we have a very specific way, and, and, and it was very, um, it's by design, right? So I believe my role in this firm, because I have so many incredibly smart, brilliant people, they don't need me to tell them what they need today to do day to day, right? Yeah. Like they can do that mostly, right? So um, I take pride, like my, my number one job is to get them to keep showing up as the biggest, highest performing versions of themselves. Like, so how do you do that? In our business, whether it's the investment banking side or the private equity side, there's a lot of things that pull at you on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So right. things that'll take you away from your center is the way I like to describe it. So one of my favorite words, uh, at least for the last year or so, has been equanimity, right? It's just, it's the ability to come to the center, right? It, it's, it's, it's an ability to come to, you know, the, in, 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 in Taoism, right? It's uh, Tao Te Ching, it's, it's all about the, 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 middle, the middle way, okay. right? And, and because when you go too far in the pendulums, there's some kind of a force that's pulling you to get centered. And there's a lot of power when you're being centered, right? And so how do you do that? So you right. talked about my morning ritual, that's for me to get centered. So we yeah. have a ritual for the business to get the business centered because the business is also an organism, Great. right? Yeah. And for us, that's pretty simple. And I think it's I don't know if it's unique or not, but I, I don't, don't know, if, know if anybody else who does it, but every time we talk about this with other people mm. or companies, they're like, that's incredible that that works and you yeah. guys do that. And, and So what does that entail? So you don't have to go into specifics. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you, it's, it's, it's uh, and you know, we've shared some other people, so this is all yeah. it's no secret sauce. So we do it every Tuesday. It's our Tuesday morning meeting, we call it, and it has nothing to do with our business pipeline or not. Mm -hmm. This is to get the team centered. Cool. Right, here's what we do. The very first thing is we go through a gratitude practice. Yeah. So everybody goes around and they literally kind of be very mindful of like what, what they're thankful for. It sets the tone. The second thing we do, we have a, a, a acknowledgement practice. And acknowledgement is different than flattery or compliments. Yeah. This is truly like in a very, very authentic way. If somebody in the, in the company in some way, shape or form did something that you highly valued where they really you know, showed who they are and then how they showed up, yeah. you acknowledge that person in, you know, in front of everybody, right? And um, and that kind of also fosters this, this environment of, um, and, and frankly, you can acknowledge people for not doing something either. Right. You know, it's like, hey, I want to acknowledge you for really not showing up. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. but, but either way, it's a very, very authentic way of just kind of, this is what we're about, and you know, I want to acknowledge cool. you for doing X, Y, and Z, like, so, and that's one component. The third piece is what I talked about. Everybody that works with this firm has to do the work and figure out their highest version, which is written in the equivalent of their I am statements. Oh, wow. Right, and so, Every Tuesday, each person, when we, when we scale, we'll have to figure out how to do this, right? Yeah. But at least right now, it's important if we do it. Every person, and some people have five statements, some people have, you know, f you know, 20 statements about who they are. They will get up, most of them have it memorized, some of them have it on a piece of paper, and they stand up and they declare who they are. Very right? cool. And so for me, you know, some of the ones say, you know, I am a creator and I speak my world into existence. I am excellence personified. I'm profound wisdom. I'm divine intuition. I'm completely authentic. I'm unconditional love, I'm massive contribution, and I find a way to serve others in any situation. And you know, it goes, I'm the husband of the year every day, and I love and support my wife unconditionally. I'm the father of the year every day, and I love and support my, my boys unconditionally. I'm, un, I'm 
unshakable faith, I am my word. Awesome. Right? And so whatever it is for you, right? And so you literally go up and you speak and you declare that. Yeah. Right? And so everybody there knows that this is you at your best. And so this is just another way for you making, you know, again, words have power. And now your best, highest version, now you feel compelled to live up to the best, highest version because that's the, that's the promise you're making your teammates of how right. you want to show up. And it's also you recommitting every week, right? It's about equanimity. Right. So you can go off too far, you know, for a week. Every Tuesday, I'm going to bring you back. Yeah. Every Tuesday. And people probably progress every week, too, I would imagine. It, it does. See it. Yeah. Every, every Tuesday, we're going to come back. There's going to be practice of gratitude. There's going to be practice of acknowledgement. There's going to be practice of you declaring your best version of you. Yeah. And then we pick one of our truths. We, have, we call them our 10 founding truths. That's really the basis of what we believe is the operating system of this business. Mm -hmm. Right? Again, not things we do, but how we show up. And we pick one. And we just go through it every week. So it's not—we're not a company where you have values in the walls, right? But you know, there's—that's not—that's not how we roll. Yeah. Right. So we call it breathing life back into your values. Yeah. So every week we pick one, and the team discusses what it means to them personally and how we show up with that with our clients, with our investors, with our companies. Cool. Right. And then we go through that process, and then the the last piece to finish that out is uh, uh, we go through, you know, and if we have time, we do it most of the times. So we go through a ten minute kind of a visualization. Cool. You know, for what we want this company to be about, how we want it to look. So somebody will lead it, you know, three years from now, here's where we are, awesome. uh, here's who we're serving. And the reason to do that is um, you can have a lot of words, mm -hmm. right? And, and you can say the same words and different people can get different mental imagery. Right. I want everybody on this team to have the same exact mental imagery of where we're going. So there's no ambiguity yeah. about what this company is trying to become, right? You can read a vision statement yeah. and it doesn't say anything. But we literally walk through this 2020. Here's where we are. Here's the kind of companies we have served. Here's the kind of companies we have. Yeah. Right. So you literally, you, you I call it, you're, you're pulling the future in. In. Yeah. Right. I totally see that. Yeah. And, um, and how it's long just, does this entire yeah, hour take? Hour. An hour. Yeah. It's so a, doable. So we we, we, we that, commit yeah. we commit an hour to just being in. And again, all of this is you can go wherever you want for a week. Deals will pull you because you know. Every Tuesday, I'm getting you back to center. Right. And the, the, the fastest way from point A to point B is always going to be a straightest line. Most journeys zigzag a lot, right? Right. And, and even an airplane is, is off course most of the time, it's small corrections. Yeah. So this practice allows us to kind of course correct so nobody gets off path for too long. So even though there are zigzags, I'm tightening the band of the oscillations. Right. Every Tuesday, you're back here. Exactly. Every Tuesday, yeah, you're back here. And that's what's given us the velocity where we've been in business for you know eight months or nine months, and um, you know the progress that we've had is because I feel like we've done like three years worth of work. <laughs> that's in, amazing. In, in, yeah. In seven months, because everybody knows where we're going. Everybody knows what the best version of everybody else is. We yeah. hold each other accountable for that, and we come back to the equanimity of who we are and how we're going to show up every Tuesday. Laser focused. Um, do you, when you started Asgard... I mean, we do real work, too. That's not <laughs> do all you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. not just sitting there singing, singing Kumbaya all day long. <laughs> wouldn't be bad if you did. You'd probably start some Kumbaya it would, it would just be, too. It would, it would be a different business model. <laughs> it would be a different, yeah, it would be a different we'll business model. We'll have a yoga studio, yeah. <laughs> um, when you started Asgard, did you require investing or funding? Was it self-funded? Um, and how did you... How did you um, figure out how to attract the right money for your investment? So this goes back to the question you asked about, you know, are we entrepreneurs? Right. We 100% self-funded this. That's amazing. So not only did people forego, you know, their their big paychecks at the big firms, 
Um, you know, we put money into the firm and the opportunity cost of not working somewhere else. That's how much we believe that this is something that needed to exist. Cool. Um, we talked about, um, you know, all your accomplishments and, you know, you're at J.P. Morgan and being the CEO of all these other financial firms. Um, I saw that you're on the Wall Street Journal CEO Council now, which is really cool. Do you consider yourself today to be a successful person? Uh, I do, but it's not because of those things. Cool. I, I, cons I, I consider myself to be a very successful person because I figured out for me, um, success is the process and, and, and how I show up. Yeah. And that's something that I control. So I know yeah. it's not that I will have something someday that will define my success. If I wake up in the morning and I, and I, and I, and I talk out about, I speak out my I am statements, and I actually live them throughout the day, and I do my inventory before I go to bed and say, hey, did you live, did, did you live up to your virtues today? Yeah. Right? Guaranteed success. Yeah. And if I put enough of those days together, because our life is just moments, right? Right. So I put enough of those months together, which are comprised of enough of those weeks together, which are comprised of enough, enough of those days together, right. which is comprised of enough, enough of those hours together, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll have a massively successful life, yeah. I, I have zero doubt, but I'm not looking for some external validation to make me a success. My yeah. success comes from things I control, which is how do I show up? So right. yeah, I, can, I, I consider myself a very successful right. person. My next question was going to be, how do you measure success? But I think you answered that. One day um, at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your short-term goals for this business? Like, where do you see Asgard in six months to a year? Uh, great question. So, um, our short-term goals again. You know, there, there's two business lines. One is the equivalent of what I call an investment banking practice, which is more focused on kind of strategic capital raising for the companies that we want to support. And the other one is a private equity business, which is a lower middle market private equity business. We go out and we take control controlling interest in companies and then, you know, apply the Asgard way to them, right, okay. and to kind of put it differently. So the short-term goal is, I think we just, we've hired a few folks, I think we're probably going to be doing a lot more hiring over the next six months. Uh, we have more business that we can handle on the advisory side, and that'll keep building out. And then uh, probably in the next six months or so, we're starting to have conversations about uh, going down the path of doing the fundraising for the private equity business, because, uh, you know, currently it's, uh, we, we are working as an independent sponsor and we have a few pledge funds with a few family offices but okay. the intention there is to actually go out there and raise a committed committed fund that that's probably over the next six to twelve months we'll start that process. Cool. Um, what do you want people actually now? What's a valuable piece of advice you'd like to give to other entrepreneurs that are creating businesses with conscious intentions? Just just love ambiguity. Live in the unknown. <laughs> know that, that, that that's, that's something that has never happened, right? Something yeah. that has never happened in your life can happen, Yeah. right? But in order for it to happen, because that's all entrepreneurship is all about, right? You, right? you are creating something because you're passionate about, so how does that happen? I think you, 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 you got to get away from the place of needing any level of certainty because the world ain't going to give you certainty. Right. So you got to get to a place where you are so comfortable in ambiguity and just the unknown, and you get to a place where you give yourself certainty. Right. The fact that no matter what shows up, I will find a way to, to fix it. No matter what shows up, I'll put a team together you know, that'll help me chart that territory. Right. Um, that to me is, is, is the definition of an entrepreneur, is when environments that make most people kind of get a pit in their stomach and they go yeah. searching and craving for certainty, right. that's when you're like, well, I'm exactly where I need to be, 
was the coolest things that have ever happened in anyone's life have always come out of certainty. It was the uncertainty when I approached my, my now wife of whether or not, you know, she would say yes, yeah. right? It was like putting yourself out there, leaning into your fears or your, right. you know, whatever your cliches you want to use, but they're so <laughs> true. Yeah. Right, so um, the biggest advice is you just realize that the only person that needs to give you certainty is you. So work on yourself till you get there, and then just just find a way to just love ambiguity and the unknown and just, just revel in it. That's where your best opportunities are going to come from. Beautiful. Um, well, oh, I should have asked you this before. Um, where did Asgard, where did that name come from? So, uh, <laughs> I couldn't so, figure so, it out. So, so, like do, you, do you know what Asgard means? No. Okay, so Asgard is the name, uh, it's a Norwegian, uh, uh, it's, it's out of Norwegian Norse mythology. Uh, it's it, a Norwegian, Norwegian what? It's a Norwegian uh, mythology. Mythology, right. okay. So, Asgard, it was one of the nine realms, and Asgard is the home of the gods. So, Thor oh. and Odin lived in Asgard, okay. right? So it's the home of the Viking warriors and the no gods. No wonder and that makes sense with the, the you've got the helmets. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. the name specifically, so my wife is Norwegian. Right. Uh, as you know, you, you know, you know Karina. Yeah. And um, uh, so when she was pregnant, um, I used to just make a ton of fun of her, right? Because um, as you can see, I'm, 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 I'm pretty brown. <laughs> yeah. And I would always tell her, I was like, sweetheart, you know, it's going to be so cool when the baby comes out yeah. and, you know, you have him in a stroller and you're pushing him around Central Park. <laughs> and he's going to be this, like, you know, really, you know, happy brown baby, and everybody's going to think that you're the nanny, you know? And I was like, oh, you're going to be the really, you know, the really attractive young nanny. I just, you know, I just said, she's like, oh, you're yeah. such an idiot. And, and she's got such a wicked sense of humor. The day uh, he was born, and I'm such a softie, I'm, like, holding yeah. him, you know, at the, uh, uh, in, in, in the hospital room, and, you know, she just kind of... <laughs> and like and and you, you've seen him. Yeah, like, I've seen he's that. literally you know he's like the whatest white thing we've ever seen. Totally, be, right? you're like crap. And I'm holding him, and I'm just like you know I'm just such a little wuss, and I'm like oh. crying, and, 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 and she looks over, and she goes, huh? I guess Viking jeans kick Indian jeans ass. <laughs> and so we started calling our baby Viking. Oh, so really when we were launching the forum, we just wanted to have fun with it. So yeah. like Asgard is the realm of the gods. It's where the Viking warriors go. Awesome. He's all baby Viking. I and, love that. Uh, I, was, I was pulling together a team of Viking warriors. Oh, cool. So that's where Asgard came from. And uh, it's, but this is, uh, I'll give you two seconds on it because it's really funny. Yeah. So what it's turned into, like, you know, like culture is big in companies, but a lot of times yeah. culture just develops organically. Right. So when I started this, we just like to have a lot of fun, right? Because life is too short to not have fun. Right. So each one of the, f the, the, f the first four guys that came on board, I got them all these custom made steel helmets with these Viking uh, horns, the ones you've seen in our office, yeah. and each member was given a Viking name. Nice. Right? And the Viking name is inscribed in their helmet. So like, what's your Viking I'm name? I'm Ragnar. <laughs> Where did you, you just Google uh, these? Like, how did you so find So we, we, we all went and we did some research, <laughs> yeah. and Ragnar was a badass, and, and, uh, um, and, and so <laughs> each one of the guys went, so I'm Ragnar, Robert is Bloodaxe, Christian is Gunnar. Oh uh, Joe is Steady Legs. Um, Nick is Surter, and you know, a few people we hired since then. Uh, Jeff is uh, Forkbeard, and Andy is Ulf. Nice, right? And then and, and and it's a well-rounded crew. It's a well-rounded crew, and, but nobody calls themselves by their real names. Oh I mean, my God, like, that's this, hysterical! This literally, for like the last seven months, um, you're I just calling each other by these like. Ridiculous names. These ridiculous names. And then our clients, every once in a while, they'll have in front of them all, they come oh to the office, God. like one of these helmets. Literally every single client we're engaged with 
self-selected themselves into the realm and given themselves names. That's awesome. So we will get on the phone with our clients and you will have like, hey, uh, it's Bjorn and Magnus <laughs> on the line. And it, it's the president and CEO of a life sciences company we're dealing with and their real names are Steve and David. That's hysterical. Right? But every time they're on the phone, it's, it's Bjorn and Magnus. Bjorn. So uh, it's, 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 I mean, even our accountant who does kind of the, uh, the, the company accounting, uh, he's given himself, uh, he's like, can I opt in? This is cool. <laughs> and uh, so he signs all of his documents that he sends us as uh, Sven Funkbeard. Amazing. So, <laughs> so and, uh, ridiculous and hilarious. It is, it is completely, it. it's completely ridiculous. But, uh, <laughs> we, we, we have fun with it. Um, pretty much at the end, is there anything else you wanted me to ask you that I didn't, that you would want the world to know about Asgard or about you as a person? No, I think you're very, uh, very thoughtful and very thorough in your question. So. Well,